When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to our end of 2020 special episode of Wise Men Say, the Whole City Podcast. My name's John and joining me as always is our co-host Alex. Good morning John, how are you? Well good thanks, how are you doing? Yeah really good thanks, got a new um, new microphone for Christmas so just testing it out but it looks a great bit of kit so... Um, probably one of my favourite ever presents. So, yeah, looking forward to this one. Hey, it must have been good this year then um, to get yourself a new microphone. Yeah, I've been well behaved. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, as always, during the festive period, we have lots of, uh, there's lots of Christmas specials and end of year specials going around. And this, this episode is no different. We've got ourselves a, a guest for this week's episode. Alex, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest and introduce our guest for this week. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited about this one because um, Tom sent us a really nice message. Um, he said, um, you know, thank you for um, doing the podcast, guys. Keep it up. So I thought um, I'd do the right thing and invite him on. So welcome, Tom. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tom? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, so I am... Currently, yeah, I'm running the social media for uh, the local team, Beverly Town. Um, go there every match day and run the social media. Uh, and, you know, I've been raised as a City fan, really. Never known anything else. That's great. And how did you how did you get involved um, in uh, doing the social media team? Is it is it Beverly Town? Is it? Yeah, yeah, Beverly Town, yeah. Um, I saw an uh, advertisement on their their Twitter. Um, I just thought that's something 
that I might be interested in, so I just contacted. And yeah, it just went from there, really, and I've been really enjoying it, to be fair. So, yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Is that something you want to go into as a career kind of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like sports journalism, media management, definitely something like that. So it's a really good opportunity for me. Cool. And, and you, what do you do for, like, are you at college or work yeah, or anything? Yeah, the, uh, the first year of college. Uh, so I do business, cool. and what uh, are you studying? And business and computing, which kind of go, like, hand in hand with what I want to do in the future. Cool. Really, but yeah. Oh, fantastic. Great stuff. Well, we hope that this, this can help your um, development, shall we say. Yeah. Who knows, Alex? We could have the yeah. the next Benzie on uh, our podcast right now. And in years to come, we'll look back and listen to this episode. But yeah, fantastic. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Yeah. We always welcome our new guests with the, well, we'll say world famous is getting there, uh, additional Woody's questions. Woody's question uh, just basically tells us a little bit more about our guests. So over to you, Alex. Great stuff. Thank you, John. Um, so, Tom, this is a quick fire round. Um, try not to overthink it. Just just go with your gut. Um, yep. There's one, two, three, four. Yeah, four, no, one, two, three, four, five questions. Um, and again, we'll try quick fire and I'll shoot from the hip. So, first question. Insert slow moving music. Earliest Hull City moment or memory, Tom? Um, I think it was my first game. It was in, uh, it was at home against Man City. It was a uh, um, 2-1. Uh, George Boateng and Jersey Altidore scored. Uh, and the George Boateng goal, goal was really memorable for me. It was an absolute beauty of a strike from outside the area. I said that's definitely my earliest memory. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I was I was at that game, and it was a beauty of a left foot strike by Boateng. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, John, was you? Do you remember that game? I do. It's more more the goal, yeah, memorably, um, and also just the fact, yeah. you know, that's a throwback jersey altered all. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, that was his only goals for us. Yeah, um, I think um, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong. Was was Jan Venegor of Hesslink playing up front as well? Yeah, I think that was around his era. The year. Yeah, I think another fact from the game. I actually put a quid on us to win. Okay, there we go then. <laughs> yeah. As you are all amazed by that, that bold bet, aren't you? Twenty-seven to one. It was, it was. So one them, twenty-eight quid. Get in. It's one of them, isn't it? Where you just go, oh, where for quid, and then and then you do. Yeah, it came in. Yeah. So yeah, good good choice, Tom. Great. And um, what? While do you remember? Um, as sort of thinking, I remember thinking, <clears throat> wow, we're beating Man City. Actually, you know, we've come a long way. Do you do? You, how was you feeling at the time, being your first game? Um, I think I was just like, it's just the occasion, like the first ever game. 
I think it's pretty much a full stadium because we're in the Premier League, obviously. Um, I just remember the pitch just being like pristine, just like the, I, 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 you're just never going to get that back. Like the first match is just something else, and so, so we're going to win it in front of like a team of Man City's caliber. Um, yeah, unreal, really. Yeah, yeah, what a buzz. Yeah, sir. Second question: favorite Hull City girl or girls? Um, I think the two, three that stand out are obviously Giovanni's strike against Arsenal. Um, I think that's just the, yeah. the technique on the ball is just unreal. Um, second one I'd say um, would be the it's not particularly good goal but the Diamande and Hernandez double over kick I think that's quite a notable goal it's just quite a weird out there goal um, and obviously yeah, just beat Leicester the champions Indeed. in that game Shout. and then um, yeah I didn't, I didn't go to Wembley the first time so I'd say the second time Diamande's goal there was really memorable for me as well and that was obviously Really good, a really good goal as well. Yeah, some great, great shouts in there. Um, third question: favorite Hull City manager? Um, for me, um, Brucey. Um, I think obviously the promotions were on spells in the Premier League, and I remember a lot from his time. I loved some of the players he brought in, not necessarily his style of play, but I think just, you know, compared to now, I think the level we're playing is just a lot better. And obviously for how long he was there, I think he's a very good manager. Yeah, shout, shout. He brought in, he brought with him a calibre of player, didn't he? He attracted yeah. players, which was obviously very effective for us. Uh Next question. Favourite Hull City player? Oh, current or past? Uh, let's go with one each. Um, right now, I'd, uh, right now to Josh Emmanuel, I think, I think it's quite similar to a really modern fullback, I think. Really good work rate. Got he's got really good ball on him, you know. Um, really good defensively as well. Um, yeah, he's my favourite in the current squad. I'd say, yeah. but past, um, I think I think I'd go with someone like Tom Huddleston. I just, you know, he's not even ever like the standout player, but I just think week in week out one of the best pass of the ball I think I've ever seen at the club um, and there's yeah, really memorable shout. moments with him yeah love that yeah shout yeah uh, with Josh Emanuel as well I remember um, when <laughs> yeah he, you're, you're when, I am yeah <laughs> with Josh Emanuel when he first signed I remember like ridiculing him a bit because in his interview on the Hull City YouTube they said oh what are your strengths and he was like um, defending and attacking I was like, oh, well, that covered it then. But, but like, he's, he's actually backed it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, fair play. Yeah, what a, 
Shrewd son. <laughs> Yeah, great, great shout, Tom. Both of them, to be fair. Um, and finally, this this question's a bit different to the others, but um, yeah, best best player you've seen play against us. Oh, um, I think in the in the Premier League, I think Hazard. When we when we played them at the KCOM Chelsea, um, I think I think he was one of the best players in the Premier League last ten years. I'd say like he's just unreal technically. Um, not so much yeah. now, but back in his day at Chelsea, he was he was superb. Yeah, yeah, shout. Mm-hmm. Right, well that's it. You've made it through Woody's questions. Any reaction from that, John? Yes, yeah, just some great answers, and um, of course, we, we like we say we like to obviously keep things very positive on the podcast, and some really good positive memories there of of us. Hopefully, one day we'll be facing the, the hazards of this world again, and we'll have some more moments, like you said about the Diami goal as well. So, hopefully, there's plenty more of that to come in the future as well. Yeah, here, here. So, uh, moving on then to a little bit of news now. Um, and I want to start off, actually, I was going to talk about our current manager, but I just want to start off on a little bit of news about one of our former managers, uh, Leonard Slutsky, uh, because he's turned his hand at something completely different. Um, he, current manager of Ruben Kazan, hopefully um, you, you both have heard this. If you haven't, I'll, I'll play it now. Hopefully it comes through okay. Uh through the computer, but he's decided to have a little go at releasing a Christmas song and singing All I Want for Christmas is You. Let's have a quick listen. Hopefully you caught that. Um, Leonard Slutsky taking on Mariah. What do you What do you think? What's your initial reaction, Alex, to that? Well, I've seen that. I haven't actually listened to it. I've seen that it's been shared, and you know we've had a laugh about it. But I haven't actually listened to it. Yet. I've been that busy. But it is everything I imagined and more. Um, <laughs> fair play, fair play. I, I could hardly contain my laughter during the playback. Um, wow. Just wow, Tom, I'm speechless. <laughs> Tom, do you think he's got a future in the music industry? I mean, I mean, yeah, potentially if the if the management don't work out, then that's always something to fall back on, isn't it? Yeah, he was always one for sort of putting himself <laughs> out there, wasn't he? Slutsky, like he went went to Hull Fair on his bike and that. Like he sort of like gets, he sort of doesn't really care, does he? What everyone thinks of him, he sort of just does his own thing, which is what made him such a a great character. 
I think that showed in his footy as well, John. Like a lot of the players played with like freedom, but when I say freedom, like too much freedom. Do you know what I mean? Like we, it was score more than the opposition. That was yeah. his tactic. Yeah. Like, do you want to defend, lads? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if coming back to your Josh Emmanuel comment, like what are your strengths, Leonard? Attacking. Full stop. <laughs> and attacking. Maybe <laughs> yeah. counter attacking. If they don't score. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd play that as a little sort of, that was, yeah, Ruben Kazan's Christmas song. So if you haven't, um, if you want to hear the full version and support our old manager, uh, it's on YouTube. And I heard it on TalkSport, actually. And um, obviously, one of the guys clearly knew Leonard Slutsky and, and his time at Hull, but the other presenter didn't. And he said, oh, I can't believe you've got um, Arnold Schwarzenegger singing a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> So sort of an insult to Slutsky, really. I thought he had a cracking voice. But anyway, on to um, our current manager, Grant McCann. The rumours that uh, Sheffield Wednesday uh, are after McCann after they parted with uh, Tony Pulis, I think it was. And yeah, there's a few rumours, mainly flying around Twitter, as they always do. Um, I've got a tweet here from a City fan. And let's just... I'll let you decide what side he's on. Um, He's... His Twitter name is Free KLP. So we've already got a bit of an idea there of what he's going to say. He put, Hi Sheffield Wednesday, Grant McCann is an excellent manager and we would all be extremely distraught if you took a man of his talents off our hands. He's a tactical genius since day one and would definitely keep you up this season. Now, there might have been a hit of sarcasm in there, uh, but what I want to know from you guys is what, what are your real sort of thoughts on it and and do you maybe agree with this guy in, in a sarcastic way that they can have him or or would you be a little bit sort of aggrieved if, if he was to go? Tom, shall we go with you first um, and I'll go second? Yeah, 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 sorry. Um, I'd say, I just, personally, I just can't see it happening. I mean, right now, Sheffield Wednesday needs someone experience to go in there and get the dressing room under control and from last from last season as soon as we went into you know a spiral of losses we lost two we lost two key players obviously um and he just completely lost the the dressing room um and we just spiraled out of control um and i i don't really know what sheffield wednesday could possibly see in him i think there's better options out there than grant at the moment Mm, yeah, yeah, so mm, what I'm going to say first is um, I understand that uh, Tony Pulis has been in charge for Sheffield Wednesday for 42 days. Um, firstly, I think it's an absolute disgrace that um, anyone can sack anyone for 42 days unless it's for something like serious misconduct. Um, like how on earth... Like Clearly, the owners know nothing about football if they sack someone after 42 days. And also, um, form-wise, they've won two out of the last three. So, yeah. why why have they done that? That is just ridiculous. Um, and second of all, in, in terms of McCann, like, you know, why? It, it just seems a strange move. Like, why would they even think about it? Um, you know, 
McCann, he's got a pedigree of managing teams in Yorkshire only, apart from Plymouth. Uh, very inexperienced. And I agree with Tom. If you're looking to avoid relegation and whatnot, it's not really the way to go. Uh, an untested manager. Um, so I, I think it's all um, come from a made-up place. But nothing would surprise yeah. me in football, especially from uh, a group of earners who would sack someone after 42 days. They, they might go after Slutsky. Yeah, well, if, if they've heard his singing, then they might do. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what I've, um, what's, from what I've read anyway, and the way I'm sort of anticipating it, uh, is that the owners are, are you know, Puyulis is quite old school, isn't he? So he's probably, you know, said a few things to them, like you say, if there's, you know, there's been a falling out of some sorts, haven't they? Uh, given the, you know, the, the four, like you say, two wins in three, four points from the last two games, it's not sackable form, is it? And uh, like Tom said, I can't really see it happening, but that seems to be the name that gets thrown around Twitter and, you know, things like this can pick up momentum. Uh, and, you know, there is, like to say, sometimes there's no smoke without fire, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it and we'll we'll see. Uh, I think McCann's, you know, despite you know a couple of bumps in the road, he's built. He's trying to build something here, and he's, he's you know, he has a clear like project that he wants to work on with with these group, this group of players. So I'm not sure um, if he would want to even go because I think he's on the way to rebuilding his stock, um, and you know, if he went to Sheffield Wednesday and got relegated it becomes very, very difficult then to find, you know, some really decent work. He's got to almost start again, hasn't he? I think ultimately, um, if, uh, I, don't, I can't see McCann wanting to go, um, no. because why would you risk another relegation from the champ um, when you sort of, you know, we, we've hit a bit of a stumbling block recently, but... Um, you know, he's going from one set of questionable earners to arguably, you know, could be even worse earners if they're willing to sack yeah. someone after forty two days. I mean, if the if they wanted to, if the sacking Pius after forty two days, did they not know what he was like before they hired him? Like, did they think he was like a real modern manager, like to play tiki taka and do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like why do yeah. you research before you hire someone? Yeah, and we'll pick the team and Pius will accept it. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep on, like we say, we'll keep an eye. We'll monitor it closely, uh, and we'll move on to the next uh, part of news, which is from the club actually, from Hull City, and they are uh, stating that there's only a couple of days left to vote on the Hall of Fame nominations. I cast my vote this morning. Uh, I'm not sure if you 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 guys have yet. I'll just quickly go through the the three options for our latest member of the uh, Hull City Hall of Fame. So they've nominated, first of all, Dean Windass. Obviously, two spells at the club, 1991 to 95, and then 2007 to 2009. Uh, all in all, 236 appearances and 77 goals, which makes him the, the joint 10th all-time top scorer for the club. Uh, obviously scored our most important goal, arguably, in the club's history by sending us to the top flight for the first time in our history. Um, so there's... Obviously, Dean Windass, a strong contender there. Secondly, Rich Carter, 136 appearances, 57 goals. He was also a player manager, 1948 to 1952. Uh, he was the only player to win a Cup winner's medal before and after the Second World War. Uh, 
prior to joining Hull City. Uh, and then our city manager, whilst at the club, he, he won Division 3 North and also around 60 FA Cup in his first season. He also purchased a, a young Don Revy. Uh, obviously, he went on to be a Leeds United legend there. Uh, and then he, he, he achieved mid-table finishes in Division 2. And then finally, Nick Barnby, our third nomination, 180 appearances and 26 goals between 2004 and 2012. He brought us, you know, through the greatest rise in the club's history. Um, he also scored our fastest goal in, in history after seven seconds against Walsall in 2004. And uh, after he scored for City against Sunderland in the Premier League, he became one of only five players to have scored for six different teams in the Premier League. So um, you can vote by the club's Twitter page and on the website. Uh, have you guys casted your votes yet? And if not, who are you leaning towards? Uh, go with Tom first. Um, I think it goes without saying all, all three of them deserve to, you know, be be in the mix. Um, I'm probably all three of them deserve to be in, going at some point in the future uh, if they don't win. But um, personally, for me, as as I said before, I think you know sending us to the top five for the first time. Um, obviously, um, born and bred Hull City. I think Dean Windass for me. Uh, has to go in there. Yeah, Alex. Uh, so I actually ran a Twitter poll on the old um, on our account, John, um, and I put um, who gets our vote for the Hull City Hall of Fame. Um, and I put the four options as Keith Edwards, Barnby, Windass, or Stuart Elliott. And with uh, twenty out of twenty-four votes, uh, Dean Windass came in the winner uh, with forty-six yeah. percent of the vote. Um, Bambi being a close second, so m- my vote will be going to Windass. Um, but I agree with Tom. I think it's like choosing between children that like yeah. legends in it. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah I, like says, I hope they all get in at some point. I think the the one that gets Windass in more than anything is you know is rags to riches story um, that that Brian Hart has sort of talks us through when he was on. Um, but the sort of that girl at Wembley is like iconic, and it's it sort of puts City on the map. Um, and I, I you know, it, you the whole City Australia boys talked about it being key in sort of it was played all over the world. Uh, that girl, yeah. it's just infamous. So I think that's you know that alone would get Windass in for me, despite all the yeah. other achievements with the club. It also. For me, when you said about the whole City Australia lads, that really um, struck me as we thought at the time that put us on the map nationally. So everyone everyone sort of knew about Hull and obviously we were going to university at that time. So we'd go to university and meet people and obviously you went in, went, went to Hull University. Well, I went up north to Middlesbrough and people were like, oh yeah, Hull City Premier League. And it was, you know, a new sort of, it put us right on the map. But what we didn't realise, it put us on the map globally. With with uh, with that goal and the whole uh, city Australia lads were just uh, a great. It gives a great insight really into that. Uh, I went a little bit political with my vote as I do sort of devil's advocate. I went for Bambi just because I thought I'd love the Alums to instate Bambi into the whole city Hall of Fame early days. So I, I thought, right, I'm voting for Bambi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my but, would go for Bambi as well. 
but yeah, I'm going with I'm going with the Twitter majority. Yeah, it's hard to argue that Dean Windass, like I I think out of the out of those three would probably be in there first, given the achievements that he's, he's made for the club, um, and also like I say, joint ten all time top scorer in in a broken spell, um, and really as well came into it quite late, didn't he? Relatively late um, after. Obviously, Brian Horton had um, mentioned he, he had to get rid of him, and then he did prove him wrong in the end. Um, but yeah, you everyone, everyone who's listening, cast your votes via the the club's Twitter page and, and website. Uh, hopefully, you've got a couple of days left to, to vote on that, and we'll find out early in the new year who will be our newest members. Um, okay, moving on to the next uh, bit of news. Then, looking towards our current squad and players. Shout out to young Billy Chadwick, who has started his loan spell at Halifax on fire. He's uh, he scored three goals in his first four games for Halifax. So, uh, you know, well played to the young 20-year-old from Hull there. He's obviously gone out on loan and he's, he's, he's pulling up trees there. He's doing really well. And the Halifax Twitter fans, they're all sort of speaking really highly of him. Uh, any reaction to that, Alex? Yeah, well done to the lad. Um, and, you know, Keep keep going, really. Um, we don't make enough use of the learn system, so you know, take that opportunity and keep keep it going, mate. And I, I hope hope to God that he stays injury free, because that is the one case of a learn spell in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, well done. Well, um, I watched him against Gainsborough Trinity in a preseason friendly uh, this year, actually, and he didn't do fantastic. He showed glimpses, um, but the, the most we sort of saw of him was from those EFL Cup games, so he sort of kicked on a little bit, and he's doing fantastic at Halifax, so hopefully he can sort of use that momentum uh, to come in and, and, and do really well and hopefully, you know, break his way into you know, the side. You've got quite a few young players, um, Callum Jones amongst others, who, who are sort of knocking on the door, but really for me, you're looking at uh, Jacob Greaves, and we'll talk about KLP in a second, as those who have really sort of come into the first team and, and done well there. Uh, Tom, what's your reaction to how Chadwick's performing for Halifax? Uh, yeah, as, as you say, I think it was important for him to get a good start after, like, you know, not, not getting much looking at, into the first team. I think it was important for him to get off to a good start, and that's exactly what he's done. So, yeah, hopefully he can kick on from there and just fairer Fairverous development. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and just to finish our our news then, um, there's been an article posted by Hull Live uh, in the last day or so on, on Twitter just to sort of denote everything that McCann has said so far on the KLP contract saga. Um, now, I'm not sure if this was a, a bit of a hoax from somebody on the Hull City fans group, um, but somebody with... Um, a last name of Lewis Potter uh, had posted January is approaching. Now I think it was more of, more of a sort of thing to get people panicking. I don't think it was maybe a real comment, but it does spark the conversation at least with January approaching. What is going to happen with KLP? Is he going to leave? Uh, is he going to sign a new contract? What's the situation there? So Tom, we'll come to you first. What's your take on the the KLP transfer saga? Well, contract um, saga, sorry. Yeah, I think I think first of all, it's just absolutely ridiculous that um, whatever's happened, Grant's not allowed to play and Grant won't play him. Um, 
he's obviously one of the best young talents in the league. Um, probably could be seen as one of our be- better players, especially lacking a bit in attack uh, in the mm. past few games. Um, yeah, I think it's just ridiculous. Um, as, although as bad as the Alums are, I do think you know it will get sorted. Um, I think I saw on Instagram the other day that Eve Keane posted a picture of like him, um, like him playing and like a tiger emoji or something. I think you know, obviously that that might not mean much, but it um, it could mean something. You never know. But yeah, I, I do think it will get sorted. But I think just to be in this situation in the first place is just absurd for a, yeah, a player is a player is talent. It's a real shame, but hopefully you can overcome it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting, and and hopefully, yeah, I, I think given given obviously Keane being a hometown lad, I'm assuming that he does want to sign, and it's just a bit of difficulty there. Grant McCann mentioned it; it's the years, isn't it? Uh, that is the issue. Alex, what's what's your take on it? Yeah, I agree with Tom. I think it's ridiculous. Um, but also, I was hoping. When it first came out, I was like, oh, that's a disaster. But I was hoping that it'd get resolved quickly and that we could just sweep under the carpet kind of thing. Um, the longer it goes on, the more I worry about it affecting the dressing room. Um, because clearly, you know, it's no coincidence that our form has dipped since this is all um, sort of unraveled in the media. Um, so my message would be, whatever you, you guys have to do with it you know the club just get it sorted get like get a line drawn in it um and like oh we obviously don't know the full details i mean the club could be kicking the heels in all klp could be kicking the heels in all both um but ultimately this is the last thing you need is an off the field distraction because everything you know that's the only negative thing happening um at the minute if if we hadn't have had this, it would have been flying high, um, I reckon. And we can tell with yeah. him being out of the team, the goals have dried up a bit. It's not just his goals that he scores, it's his work rate and his assist and getting crosses in and winning corners and things. So my message would be, let's sort it out quickly now. Uh, hopefully before the um, before January market comes alive uh, and then we can focus on getting back to the pitch, to matters on the pitch, shall we say. Okay. Yeah, same, same uh, for me, really. Yeah, hopefully we can resolve it soon because, like Tom said, he's, he's one of our key components in the attack, and and you know, with him being a local boy as well, wanting to do well, and you know, he was sort of dubbed down New Bowen as the guy who was going to sort of take us further forward. So hopefully, it does get resolved, and it you know, his form as well can reflect you know the new contract and having that weight off his shoulders as well. Okay, right then. So, Hull City Alphabet will still be a shorter rendition because after this, we're going to go through our sort of all time 11 slash favourite 11. So, letter N, not as not as popular as letter N, was it, Alex? Uh, I, I've got one. I think, I think letter M is probably more <clears throat> popular than all the other letters in existence. Yeah, put together. Um, yeah. Well, Shall we start off with, with you guys and then, because I think it will be quite a short one today, uh, who would like to go first? Tom, I'll let you go first as the guest. All right. Um, 
God, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, but yeah, I think I think I'm just gonna nab one off the comments because <laughs> I cannot think of one to save my life. I think Umani asked purely because of the goal against Liverpool, it just sealed the deal. But again, it is quite a poor letter in terms of um, quality of players or players who've been here for a long time. Um, but yeah, purely because of that goal against um, Liverpool. Um, which was a big win for us at the time. Um, and of course, he was on loan from Everton, so it made it a bit more sweeter. Yeah, definitely. Alex? Yeah, just Nias, what a, what a divider of a character. Um, I think at Everton, they, they even um, took his locker off him. Now, I don't... To me, I don't understand because when you see him on the pitch, all he ever did was work hard, probably a bit too hard. Um, whether he had disciplinary issues, whether he liked a drink or or what, I don't know. I, I don't know what, you know, there didn't seem to be a problem when he came to us. He seemed to be a hard-working player. Not a lot of raw talent, but, you know, certainly, you know, he could finish and he worked hard. So I, I couldn't understand uh, why he won't in favour at Everton, but hey, her. Uh, yeah, at the time we felt it was on cloud nine, weren't we? Because I think he was, we was on a bit of a run, and you know it looked like we were going to stay up, wasn't it? So um, you know, emotional times with the ass. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I'm going to pick um, the the one that that I remember quite notably um, is uh, Mark Noble who uh, signed for us in the championship, I believe, on loan from West Ham. Um, and he, lo- he looked a player, to be fair. Uh, I didn't think he was going to go on to have the successful career that he did. He didn't look that good. Um, but, you know, fair play to him. He's had a really long uh, and successful career at West Ham, made a sack ton of appearances. Uh, and... Mm. You know, he's flirted with the England squad a couple of times. I don't think he's he's ever got there. Um, but what a stalwart for West Ham. So, um, well played to Matt Noble. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, like I say, watching him. Uh, he looks like quite a tidy player. And I think he also got that sort of bit of um, bite about him when he went back to West Ham and realised, actually, you know, I've played a bit of senior football and I need to show a bit of steel to, to make sure I got in, in, in the team and, and obviously became Mr. West Ham after that. So fair play to him, cracking career. Um, well done, Matt Noble. My choice is uh, Alfred Indai. And again, that same sort of area as the Nias, 2017. Uh, only made 15 appearances, one goal. Um, but again, I thought he just looked really like solid in the midfield there. And I enjoyed just having him. He sort of epitomised that that type of fight that we showed under Marco Silva and uh, especially at home where we were so good for that, that little spell and, you know, gave us that, that hope of wanting to, um, to stay up. I, I remember going to so many games in that, at that point, because um, I still, I still worked for the club at that time. So I didn't have a season pass. Uh, I could only go to certain, you know, games every now and again, but I was using one of our mutual friends, season passes, Scott, who was on the show uh, and he, um, because he was away, and I remember not seeing us lose 
for such a long time. Uh, every game I went to, we, we won. And I just thought, is it me? Or, you know, it's about Marco Silva brought us a, a little bit of luck there. So, yeah, uh, Alfred and Dye is my shout. Like I say, we, <laughs> but it was clutching straws a little bit, wasn't it, Alex? What was it like on the on the Twitter comments? So I think that, shall we say, how do I put this politely? The elder fan um, had a few more shouts than than as modern. Mm. Uh, can we still call us modern, John? We're pushing 30. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a few names in there that I don't re- recognise, but I, I will read them out. Um, so uh, just quickly, I want to talk about Endai because uh, it was someone that, Silver rated really highly because I remember at the end of the season he he dropped Huddleston in favour of him uh, and he played in die instead of Huddleston. I thought that was quite bold. So uh, Silver must have rated him highly if he dropped, uh, he started him over Huddleston. But anyway, so the names we got from the Twitter following, I'm going to read them all out and then read out the the, the contributors. So Henry Ingarter, Dave Norton, Mark Noble, Gordon Nisbet, Umanias. Alfred Ndai, Damon Doy, uh, Nagy, but apparently, uh, according to Norwegian Tiger, that was uh, Guido's real name. Uh, David Norris, NASA, uh, N. Norman, Tony Neal, Tony Norman, uh, Norton, and Craig Norrie. Now, some of them, they, they literally went with the nickname or the surname, so I don't, I don't know all the first names, but... Thank you to Mark Spite, Norwegian Tiger, Maricus Flute, Lee Walker, Hull City, Australia, Tiger Door, Logan, Hull City, Italy, Andy Robertson, and uh, Stuart Page, uh, who all contributed to that. It was interesting to see all these names that we don't know, John. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and it, that's what's great about the Hull City alphabet. It brings in uh you know fans from all eras and, and names that you're not necessarily familiar with as well um depending on where you started following and, and when you were born i suppose so yeah some great as always great con- uh, contributions from our followers thank you very much guys and yeah looking forward to to moving on uh to our next letter on next the, um, sorry john just quickly on the twitter following big thank you again we've reached 300 followers now over the Christmas period. So, uh, again, thank you to all. I know we we sort of milk it a bit, but like we can't really thank them enough. So, if we thank them on every every episode, so be it. Uh, thank you to all the Twitter following who all um, get involved and tweet us. Even whilst we're recording today, um, I put out a tweet um, about the all time eleven, and we've had a good response on that as well. I just basically said who shouldn't miss out and. Uh, Quite a few fans are posting there, um, all like all time 11s. So it'll be interesting um, as Very we nice. talk about that shortly. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, yeah, fantastic stuff. And I believe we are moving on to that now. Um, just really quickly before we move on, um, just seeing a flag up there some local news for North Ferriby United uh, going through to the next round of the FA Vars. I believe it's the Last 32. So the the, the one uh, against Seagram Red Star, 7-6 on penalties last night. So really well done to North Ferriby for that, uh, keeping the local football going, whilst obviously there's been a few cases of COVID and things and the whole City games have been uh, postponed. So well done to them. Right. All-time 11. So this could be interpreted in a number of ways. This could be, this is 
for me, the way I interpreted was, and you know, an all-time eleven from my time supporting Hull City. Um, so not necessarily like the the sort of best players from every era. Um, we can maybe go through that and do do a vote and announce it, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, but this is sort of a your your own personal eleven from your time supporting the club. Um, and it's been difficult for me because I've had to sort of think about the sentimental side of things, but also the quality. And it even got to the point where I have named five on the bench <laughs> uh, because it became really, really difficult. Um, so what we'll do is we'll go around, first of all, your formation and your goalkeepers. Okay, so um, we'll start off uh, with you, Alex. What formation have you gone for and who is your goalkeeper? Uh, so I've gone for, and it's not my favourite formation. So if I if I was a manager, I wouldn't use the formation. Um, but um, I've gone for a four five one, uh, purely to fit in all my players. And I've gone my my all time eleven is on paper. So it's not like my favourite players, if you know what I mean. It's my yeah. who I think is the best on paper and you know okay. the players that we've had who who um had the most talent shall we say yeah uh, and my okay. keeper sorry john was uh, is burn my hill okay uh, tom uh i have gone for a 4 4 2 but more of a, a narrow one with a lot more central players in it uh I do like a centre mid, so yeah, I've gone with a more of a narrow formation. Uh, yeah, but I also have gone for Boaz Mihaling Gull. Okay, great stuff. Um, and and mine, I always I always preferred to watch uh, Bruce's or sort of three at the back. I really liked that formation. Um, but I have, despite slurting the the one dimensional four three three at times last season and maybe this season. I've gone four three three, just because again it's sort of fitting in the players, and my goalkeeper, like you both, is Burs Myhill. It's it's difficult to move past him, isn't it? Really, yeah. especially in our era. All time clean sheet holder for the club as well. I think it's sixty odd. I believe I will try and look that up. Um, but yeah. Great, great goalie for us, obviously. Um, played for us in all the divisions as well. Uh, right then, moving on to your defenders. Let's go for the complete line of de- defenders. So whether you, you know, you're playing a four or, or a three or whatnot. Is it me? Yes. Yeah. So I've gone for Elmer at right back, um, Turner. Michael Turner, that is. Uh, Michael Dawson uh, and Andy Robertson. Okay, great stuff. Uh, Tom? Uh, I've gone for Elmo, uh, right back, uh, Andy and Michael Dawson across the middle uh, and Robert left back. Very nice. Um, and and to be fair as well, when you look at Elmer and Robertson, in terms of like you say on paper, I would agree with you there. Um, like I say, I'm looking more of a, a sentimental spin on mine. 
And I had to drop Alex, one of my favourite right-backs of all time, just because of what this player was to us as a servant. I've gone Rossini at right-back. Michael Turner and Curtis Davis as our uh, centre-half pairing. And then Andy Dawson as our left-back there. Okay. Yeah, I I toyed between Rossini and Elmer. Um it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, like, really, you could do three or four 11s, but like, I think we could take advantage of the um, fact that you can now make like a million substitutes. So we could talk about the subs at the end if you if you want to mention those that have been slightly missed out or written down and then crossed out for someone else. Because I, I, yeah, I put Andy Dawson and then crossed out Robertson. Uh, mm. Sorry, then put Robertson. It's such a difficult and I think one. It is. And I'm looking forward to... to... Seeing, you know, if if there was ever a game where the Dawsons paired up together in defence, the, the chemistry there, you know, that would be, you know, the understanding would be right there. I don't think we'd we'd be conceding. All right, then moving on to the midfield. So Alex first. So I've gone for. I said four four five one. I, I don't really know how you'd fit this lot into a formation because, but ultimately. I've got three attacking players, one centre mid, and like you have to use. I'm going to use Huddleston as a central defensive mid, um, purely because I needed to fit him in. Um, and again, Tom mentioned it earlier. I've, I've put Huddleston in there because I don't think we ever have or ever will have a better passer of the ball in our team. I mean, ultimately, the best central defensive midfielder we've had is Ashby, but I've, you know, on paper. I think like we've got better players, if you know what I mean. So I've put Huddleston in central defensive mid and then put these four into the midfield wherever you wish. You could even put one of them up front with the other striker. But yeah, I've got Bullard, uh, Giovanni, Akocha and Bambi. Crikey, yeah, that is, there's some flair there, isn't there? A little bit of panache to bring <laughs> through the defensive line. There. Slovsky would love to manage this lot. Indeed. <laughs> uh, Tom? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, as I say, I've gone, I've gone quite central, so they're all central midfielders at, at the most part. Um, so I've gone at the base in the midfield, I've gone for Ashby, I think, really solid defensive midfielder on his day, you know. Obviously, the longevity of him at the club as well. Uh, then... Just in front of him, I think I've gone for Huddleston and Robbie Corran. Um, I, re- I really did like Robbie Corran. I think he was a good player and I have a lot of memories of him of scoring 90th minute winners, a few of those. Um, and just, a, you know, a unique one, but yeah, definitely one of my favourite players I've, I've ever seen in a City shirt. And then uh, just behind the two strikers, I've gone for Giovanni for, yeah, reasons that are obvious. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Robert Corrin, great mention there. Alex, you was a big fan of Corrin, weren't you? Yeah, proper number 10 uh, and a real good servant. And I, uh, I, I, can't, I can never understand, we got him from West Brom, I can never understand why they released him, to be fair. Um, you know, he's a great player. Yeah, definitely, especially when you, you, you think about picking up 
a, a free agent like that and you're wondering how long they've got, he gave us some great service uh, in the years that he'd spent with us. Um, and my midfield, uh, I've gone for a midfield three. And a little bit like Alex, really, Slutsky would love to manage this uh, this team because I've got Ashby there as a CDM holding holding the fort whilst Giovanni and Bambi go and uh, create in front of him. Obviously, Ashby will wear the armband as well. Okay. Yeah, shout. Uh, right then, so forwards or forward, Alex? So the, the lone forward I've gone for, again, purely on paper, um, part of the Longovic partnership, I've gone for uh, Jelovic. I just think ultimately on paper, he's probably the best striker we've ever had, Croatian international. Uh, and again, I remember when we signed him, I felt like he'd had a good season for Everton and I, I can't understand why they let him go. And I was gutted when the partnership was broken when we sold Long uh, and, and Jelovic. Uh, you know, it was gutting because them two seemed like the ultimate modern partnership. They both worked hard, both worked the channels, both were assisting each other, they both bring other players into play. And you know, who knows how far we could have gone if we'd have kept them as a partnership. Definitely. Um, some good goals as well. More notably, the one against Newcastle, for example. Let me just cross off Nick Prospects because that's who I predicted you'd, you'd put in. But never mind. You know, we'll, we'll take you a little bit. Okay, Tom, who have you got up front? Uh, cheated a little bit with this one, but I've gone for... Uh... Bowen up front, obviously a winger, but could play through the middle as well. Um, yeah, um, just Excellent. glued the entire team together, really, as as we're seeing at the back in the last season when he went. Um, I think his work rate is just it was just immense, and the amount of chances, goals, everything he gave to the team was just unreal. It was, um, and yeah, he fully deserved his move to the Premier League, and he's doing well. Well, the West Ham, um, and then partnering him, I've come for Dean Windass. Um, yeah, spoken before, obviously the memories and just his, and just his story and background at the club, really. Excellent. Yeah, I've gone for a similar theme to you, Tom. It's it, it'd be so interesting, wouldn't it, to have these players playing together now, and just to see, obviously, all of them in the in the pomp, how they would have played together. Uh, I've gone obviously with three up front. I'm looking for goals with, with this. I've got Bowen on the right, Dina through the middle, and Stuart Elliott on the left. Um, so I'm looking for some some attacking prowess right there. Um, so so yeah, uh, right. Who are you having captain in then, lads? So I've already mentioned Ian Ashby as the captain, uh, and any notable mentions as well. So you might want to maybe mention a manager to lead this team. Uh, a captain, and also any 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 left out names where you'd sort of wish you could fit them in, really. Um, so, come to you first, Tom. Uh, yeah, um, I think captain in captain in my team would yeah the same really. Ashby, obviously, I think over two hundred appearances for the club, experience worked hard, uh, and obviously a great leader on the pitch. Um. Yeah, as I mentioned before, I think I'd 
Um, I think I think I'd give Marco Silva a go at managing this team. You know, I don't think you know. Obviously, he wasn't there for a long time, but I think the results he gave while he was at the club were, um, I think, above what overachieving. Um, and obviously, it's unfortunate the situation with him. But I'd love to see what he could do um, with maybe a better, better team at his disposal. Um, yeah, um, and then. Yeah, um, in terms in terms of people I've missed out, maybe um, Harry Maguire, very good player, like fun player to watch. Um, came out quite a lot with the ball, good passer of the ball. Obviously, gets a lot of stick at the moment, but you know, in the World Cup, was obviously a crucial player for us, and I think we can't forget that. Um, and then last player I missed, I'd probably say. Um, David Myler, um, really liked him in his in his day. I think, you know, obviously he still interacts with the club on Twitter, um, you know, and I quite like Ashby. Really, the passion for the club and his leadership on the pitch is what is what made him the player he was really. Love that, and we'd love to have him on. Hopefully, that'll be a goal for twenty twenty one to get David Myler on the podcast. Um, like I say, he does. Yeah, still sort of lives locally. Seen him playing golf a couple of times. That'd be be great to get him on on the pod. And really interesting shout there about having Marco Silva as the manager as well. Because I, I've put down my manager choice didn't really cross my mind, but he he was a, a, a relatively successful manager for us in the time. Obviously, the season didn't end well, but if we had him for the whole season, and obviously if we kept hold of him, you, you always think what could have been. Uh, what's your reaction to that, Alex? Yeah, great shout. Um, I think again, Everton had a, it didn't quite work out from there, but he had some some success there as well. I think he's still relatively young as a manager, um, so I think he's probably got a bit of learning to do. But I, I really, I agree with you, Tom and, and John. I think I like I like his style of play. You know, Bruce. Bruce I talk about this last week, last episode. I think like there's a real like. It's a it's a difficult decision as a manager what sort of style you go for because arguably I'm a successful manager is Steve Bruce, um you know promotion uh, FA Cup final and we did that by playing a defensive style um you know he's he's sort of he's a centre back by trade and he sort of his philosophy on football is if you don't concede you've you've automatically got a point. Um, and make make your home stadium a fortress, um, but then you sort of you go with a Marco Silva style, and it's quite you know it's like free flowing and lovely football, but ultimately that doesn't bring you success. I think ultimately the best teams are those that can combine um, those two things. You know, I think about the way Man City defend. Um, you know that they defend quite resolutely, quite high up the pitch. Um, and sort of play a high press, you know, it's 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 a difficult thing to get right. And I think, you know, Silver Silver may find that during his career. Yeah, you know, obviously the best manager at it, like the Guardiola's, uh, you know, Klopp. You've got to find a mix. Um, because ultimately the best clubs in the world are those that can play good football but you know can defend properly. Indeed, indeed. Um who who would be leading? So you say Marcus Silva would he be leading your team as well? 
Uh, I, I like. I'm gonna go with Nick Bambi. Yeah, I like purely it. Player manager purely because uh, we didn't see, we didn't really see what he was capable of, or enough of what he was capable of. Uh, you know, I spoke about that at length, so I don't want to get into it. But I'd, yeah. I'd have liked seeing him managers for a few years. Excellent. Okay, um, I've gone for Phil Brown and Brian Horton to to lead. Obviously, we had Brian on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it'd be great to have that sort of like the, the mentality. We you know the dirt set up, with the set up a team to try and attack, and especially with my um, the way I've set the team up with Bowen, Windass, and Elliot up front. I think uh, Phil Brown would have loved to have managed the and and we obviously with Giovanni and and Bambi and Ashby in there as well. Uh, so notable mentions that I really wanted to include but couldn't. I really wanted to include Sam Ricketts at right back, uh, one of my favourite all-time players. But I just felt maybe to to edge towards Rossini just for the just for what he gave us really in terms of his versatility, in terms of you know the service to the club. Uh, Tom Huddleston as well. I, I agree with Tom. What a fantastic passer of the ball. Technically one of our best ever players at the time he was at the club. Uh, obviously, you look at your coaches and others, but Huddleston was right in his pomp when he was when he was playing for us. And some of the his distribution of passing was, was ridiculous at times to watch. It was fantastic. Uh, I've also included Michael Dawson, uh, David Myler and Fraser Campbell on my bench as well. So I've done a bit of a Neil Warnock and not included a goalkeeper on the bench, but um, some really good defenders, midfielders and a, an attacker there as well for the team so thank you guys excellent 11s there uh, and hopefully we can sort of build towards a different style of 11 for maybe towards the end of the season as well uh, moving on to, to to finish our episode this week we're going to look at predicting our game against Charlton we're going to finish 2020 third in the league four points off the the league one leaders Lincoln with one game in hand Charlton are two points behind us in the league, um, but have played the same amount of games. So what are we thinking about the Charlton fixture? Alex first. Yeah, t- tough one to call, really, because I'm, I'm going to read a few stats out now about Charlton and their recent, um, their recent sort of form. You could paint any sort of picture you want, really, if you look at Charlton's form. So... If you was working in the media, Tom, you could easily twist um, twist this headline to whatever you wish because you could look at it and they've, they've won one in five. However, they're unbeaten in four. They've got six points from a possible 15, but they've scored 10 goals. They've also conceded eight and they're 15th in the form table. It's really tricky to call because, you know, we have been on a bit of a poor run ourselves. Um, I think Charlton are up there with the challenges this year. So this could go either way for me and it's going to be a real difficult one to call. I'm going to ask you to stick your neck out and place a score prediction on it, Alex, even though you've just said it's a difficult one to call. but to make mm. you call it. What are you thinking? I think we're going to have to get back to winning ways at some point. Um, and hopefully... Over this New Year period, they might sort out the fiasco that's going on. Uh, and of course, hopefully we get a game on, um, you know, because all that game's been called off. Pardon me, Lincoln called off, Sunderland called off. 
So let's get a game on and let's get back to winning ways. I'm going to go 3-2 to Hull. Okay. All right, Tom, what are your thoughts? Um, a little less optimistic. Um, I think if we can get the KLP situation sorted out, I think that'll be a massive benefit, although I don't think that'll be sorted out in time, to be fair. But um, I think, you know, obviously we've had quite a long break due to the cancelled games, um, but obviously we don't want the lads to have too long away, otherwise they're going to lose momentum um, from the entire season. Because obviously, if you, you know, the past few games have been uh, obviously not the best, but as season as a whole, we, we still have got momentum and if we can carry that on, you know, throughout the rest of the season, we still stand a great chance. This could well and truly be a blip if we can just get this uh, dressing room under control with the KLP situation and so on. Um, for me, I'd go a draw. I think 2-2 two, two might be what I'd go for. I think it'll be quite a open game. I think both teams will go for it with quite a long time away. Um, but yeah, um, we haven't, um, after such a good run um, at the start of the league, we haven't had a clean sheet in, what is it, seven games? Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think that'll stop. But yeah, um, I think neither of the Charlton have had a clean sheet in five games either. So I definitely think both teams will score. But as I say, yeah, I think it'll end in a two-two draw for me personally. Okay, two-two. Little Desmond there. Um, I'm going to go for a Hull City win. It's going to be a month to the day since our last league win. Um, and um, I think it's going to be a, a tight one. It's going to be very sort of beginning of the season feel to it because of the time off that we've had. I'm thinking a set piece from maybe Beck, uh, a sort of a headed goal, would be the difference there. It's going to be 1 0 and optimistic that we can get back to winning ways after, like I say, our last league win coming on the 2nd of December. Yeah, interesting. I'm glad you went for a win. Positive vibes only. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I've, I've been a bit hit and miss with the predictions. Um, you know, I just don't see us. We can't lose four in a row. Surely can we in the league? Hopefully not. I haven't jinxed us, hopefully. But, you know, again, I, um, not not keen on Charlton as well as a as a team. So I always like to, to get one over there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll be back to winning ways and we can sort of start to build momentum, close the gap on the on the league leaders. Uh, right, so that brings us to the end of our final episode of 2020. A huge thank you to Tom for joining us today. Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, th- thanks. Thanks a lot. It's been it's been a pleasure. And. I just want to wish all of our listeners a happy new year. Best of luck for 2021. Hopefully it's a, a more positive and prosperous year for us all. Uh, hopefully this podcast has, has brought you some uh, some joy over the, the difficulties this year and also looking to to build that positivity again towards the club. And whilst we can't be in, this, in the ground, that conversation still happens, that following the club still happens. So hopefully that's, we've brought you, you know, some insights and some decent interviews and 
you know, some just some some laughs along the way as well. Alex, is there anything you want to say before we finish the episode? Yeah, a uh, couple of things. So yeah, thank you very much to Tom who has joined us today. Um, keep in touch, uh, and if there's anything we can do to help um, your budding career uh, in the sport and media industry, um, then just you know give us a shout. Um, and I'd also like to echo what you said. Um, really enjoyed this year um, doing the podcast, despite um, you know being a very difficult year, of course, for everybody. Um, it's it's not only been great for us to help and spread some joy and some positive vibes about the club, but also I think it's helped us cope with everything that's going on. Don't you agree, John? So just a massive thank yeah. you again, really. Definitely. And, and from our sort of point of view as well, from a personal point of view, it's been good for us to just be able to talk about uh, City and do what we sort of enjoy doing at the pub. But but together on a podcast and share it with other people. So it's really helped us as well. So hopefully, like I say, it's helped you and you've, you've, you've had it on whilst doing your home workouts or walking the dogs or anything like that. Uh, and if anybody would like to join us on the show, we're, we're always open to, to guests and, and talking to new people, all things whole city. So be sure to get in touch via Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. All the right, best guys. for 2021. Thank you guys. And we'll catch you next week. Wild men sing, only fools rushing. And I ain't falling in love with you. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.